You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ashley Tepper. And I'm Joe Iconis. And on today's episode of the Album Podcast, we're going to be talking about Haddonfield, 15 Years Later, for Judith. Uh, This is a tune that was inspired by the John Carpenter Halloween film series and the character of The Shape, a.k.a. Michael Myers. And you're going to hear all about that and more on the podcast. This is a song that was not written for Smash, but did almost appear in Smash and was in the concert version of Hit List. As performed on the album by the great Jared Weiss, it is a song that you may have heard him sing in concert, but the album version, which we've been performing recently live, is huge and big and a showstopper and like you've never heard it yet. Uh, Yeah, and I think that out of all of the songs in the album, this one definitely has one of the more interesting backstories. And so uh, give it a listen. Find out. Happy Halloween. It's not Halloween. It is in my heart. Neighbors still look the same. They peer from back behind a drape. To them, I do not have a name. Haddonfield, 15 years later, for Judith. Correct. One of the most cumbersome titles. <laughs> I didn't realize this. You like the name Judith because that's also a character in Love and Hate Nation. I do. I love the name Judith, um, but this the Judith in question is Judith Myers. Yes, so I, yes, I did different not, Judith. I did not name her. Right. Um, but yeah. So this song is a song that is uh, like many on the album, inspired by a film, and it's a horror film, and it is Halloween. And I um, I wrote the song. I wrote it specifically for my Halloween concert at the Beachman. And um, and I, I wrote it for myself to sing at the top of the the top of the show. And with a costume probably falling off of you or something. With the costume yeah. falling off of me for sure. I don't remember what Oh, I was uh, I was a pilot. <laughs> I was a pilot. For a few years of the Halloween show, my Halloween costume was whatever they had left over at the Penn Station Kmart <laughs> the morning of Halloween. Yeah. And so that year I got pilot. Makes sense. Um, and, uh, and so uh, Haddonfield is essentially told from the point of view of um, the shape, a.k.a. Michael Myers, who has come back to Haddonfield 15 years after he murdered his sister and then was uh, sent to a, an asylum. And um, it's, it, you know, it's, again, it's not like I think Halloween should be a musical. It is not like, even if it was a musical, this is a song that would be in it. It's just sort of this, this idea of, of um, it's using the framework of Halloween and the, the character to, to you know, tell a story about someone returning home after a long time. And so, like, this is another song that feels, like, just as autobiographical for me as, you know, some of the ones that that are about, like, musical theater writers writing, sure. you know? And so it's just this idea of, like, going back to the place where you're from um, 
and you know, in the case of the song, and in, in my case, the suburbs, um, returning there and having it and having it feel the same but different, mm-hmm. you know, and and after having sort of a seismic life change or event or something, and you go back and it's like, what are the things that you're still obsessed about, and what are the things that have moved on without you, and and the sort of um, again the kind of like the 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 toll that you know nostalgia and 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 um, and the you know looking back takes on the on the present. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing I love about the history of this song is that um, Josh Safran, <laughs> who is uh, someone we collaborated with a while back and who I love very much, um, this was a song when he was show running the second season of Smash and he discovered Broadway Here I Come and the Goodbye Song mm-hmm. put them in it and you know that story has been well documented by you and I and other people elsewhere. But Haddonfield, fifteen years later for Judith was another song of yours that he really loved that mm-hmm. I know he tried to find a place for in Smash somehow yeah. and it didn't ever really quite fit in um, to the plot that they could mm-hmm. use it for in season two of Smash. And then when we did Hit List um, at fifty four below as like a concert of like the fictional musical mm-hmm. um, it was in it and Chris Rodriguez got to <laughs> yeah. sing Haddonfield yeah. as part of Hit List um, which I think was something Josh wanted all along yeah yeah and I, I love that he so responded to that song um, because it is it's a you know it's such a weird one this song because as much as it you know it is about all the things that we're talking about, and it is about you know sort of returning to a place where you used to live, and and your relationship to it, and the place's relationship to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also like literally about the movie Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it really does work in both ways, and it's the you know the sort of what happens in the in the song is really it's what happens in the movie where Michael Myers escapes from the asylum and he puts this mask on, a literal mask, and he goes to Haddonfield and. Um, and you know the line, the line, um, the uh, where he talks about the neighbors. Um, you know, as they look at him, he says, "You know, I'm not a man. I'm just a shape." Um, uh, which you know, literally in the world of Halloween, like the the name of that character is actually the shape. That's what they call him. Um, and so yeah, so it was. I, I it it actually like Josh digging the song so much and relating to the song so much was one of the things that made me feel like okay. What I'm trying to do is actually working. You know, like this yeah. thing, my intention with this, which wasn't just bullshit, was to actually write a real song that that if you happen to know the movie Halloween, great, and could be excited about how it relates, but you don't need to in order to like get the song. Him like, you know, is like, okay, I'm, I'm I think I'm I'm doing something all right yeah. with this. At some point we should have a Halloween though where we watch all the movies that you've written songs that are inspired by. Cause like yeah. I haven't seen half the movies either. Like to me, like Norman is my mm-hmm. jumping off point, you know, for it's yeah, yeah. it's great that it, they work out of context, yeah, if you haven't seen the movie. I think so, yeah. And I mean I also like, you know, the and but the movie so in in the movie the movie all of these movies inspire the songs, but you know, with Halloween especially, it's like the you know, and the 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 Halloween theme is, is obviously, um, you know, referenced in the in the sort of uh, underscore of the song, the orchestration of the song, um, and and the sort of lurking dread of that movie. I love that movie so much, and what I love about it is the way it makes it makes the community feel simultaneously comforting and sinister. Mm-hmm. Half Halloween takes place in in the daytime. It takes place Halloween day, and you sort of get the like, 
you know, these, these teenage girls, they're in their car riding around and they're, they're smoking pot and they can't let the dad see and people are going to the market and they're shopping and you sort of get this like, this small town life that even though we know it's a horror movie, you, you're sort of seduced by it and, it and it feels comfortable and it feels really, um, it feels really nice. And it's, and it, you know, when I look at it, 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 it makes me, you know, it makes me nostalgic for, you know, my own, you know, high school experience, even though I did not have that high school experience. <laughs> you know, I look at Halloween and I'm like, oh man, remember when we were just, you know, driving around and it's like, I, I mean, I did drive around, but I, I didn't have that, but yeah. it, it feels like that. And then it's, then you see those same streets and the same houses feel like, um, feel like haunted houses. Like yeah. they, you know, it's the, the, the thing that's lurking under the surface comes to the forefront. And so that is, you know, in the song, it's, it, it, you know, it sort of starts in this bright way and it, and it feels like a song about like, you know, like a college kid returning home or something. And then it gets gradually darker and darker and darker and darker until all of the stuff that used to, that, that, that did exist, you know, bubbling underneath the surface. By the end of the song, it's, it's, that's all there is. It's right. just the, the, you know, we've like flip-flopped. And, um, and that's kind of why the, the, um, the end of the song totally turns into something else. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like the, there's a gospel choir at the end because it feels like this guy who's singing, that's, that is what, that is what it feels like to him. You know, it's like, that is what this whole thing has felt like it. He's just one man. He's just, you know, just a shape, you know, wandering these streets. Um, but inside of him, you know, he's got the power of the power of 40 people, you know, (laughs) scream singing and clapping and, um, like they do at him in the performances, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the performance on this track? I do, yeah. The performance uh, by Jared Weiss is um, it's just one of my favorites. Jared is someone who I've known since he was a student at NYU. Uh, he went to school with a lot of people who I, who I love and who I've um, worked with for many years, like Lauren Marcus and Will Rowland. He and Lauren were in the um, amazing John Simpkins NYU performance production of Merrily. They we were, were along. yeah. They, that was my first exposure to them, and they were amazing. In yeah, it. I mean, I saw that's the first time I ever saw Lauren Marcus, and it's the first time I ever saw Jared Weiss. Like yeah, I, you totally. know, I experienced them um, together, and uh, you know, Jared is such he's such a he's such a, a character as a as a man, and. He can do so many things, and something that I love about him is there's like a real tension to his performances because he is such a skilled classic musical theater performer in a way that is, I think, surprising because he, um, you know, Jared Weiss has like the best head of hair in the whole stinking world and he plays guitar and he feels like contemporary. He feels mm-hmm. like, you know, you look at him and you're like, oh, this is like a cool sort of like rocker guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just like, he is like Mr. Musical Theater. Like he has this gorgeous, you know, tenor voice mm-hmm. and, and he can do legit stuff so well. And so he has that going on. And then he also is like a total loose cannon. And he has this like explosive stage presence and he's, you know, and he's sort of all over the place. So he's always in his, in his performances, I feel like he's always so, you know, beautifully 
doing this dance of negotiating this really controlled musical theater uh, performance and sound and idea with this like absolute, you know, wild human dynamite thing. Um, and those two things coexist, I think, in most of the stuff he does, but especially in, um, in, in this tune, which just feels like, you know, the most appropriate for this, this, this character. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, at the end, I, I just love um, his, like, you know, his, his, his laugh, you know, his, like, his maniacal-ish laughs. And that was something that we kind of came up with in the studio because the, the gospel choir, um, which is amazing, and I can't even believe that we have it on the album, and it's the, the, the gospel choir is arranged by the great Joel Wagner, um, who I've worked with on, on many projects, Broadway Bounty Hunter, and um, he, he arranged Broadway Bounty Hunter, and he was in Be More Chill, and he's, he's a multi-hyphenate, uh, multi, multi, multi hyphenate, um, and so his his arrangements were just stunning. And he came and conducted the choir, and it's uh, it, it's really unreal. But um, we knew we were gonna have this choir, and so it was like, which we don't really have in performance. We you know we've we have people singing, but it's not quite as you know, it's not as much of a moment as as we knew we wanted to to do for the album. And so it was kind of like you know. Jared typically would just sort of sing over, but when you have like, you know, 30 voices singing, you know, very exciting, intricate harmony, it's like one, one lone voice isn't going to cut through. And so we were kind of like, what could you, what could you do? And I was like, you know, just sort of ad lib and maybe just talk a little bit and mutter and, you know, scream or something. And then we kind of found him doing this laugh. And I think it's, um, it, it sounds like so many different things to me, you know, it, 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 it succeeds as like a, like a, you know, a, a, the laugh of a, of a, of a masked killer. It succeeds as the, you know, the laugh of, 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 a, you know, a, a bemused man sort of, you know, feeling like this place where he's come back to his, is, is not, you know, not all that, right. It feels like, it feels like the laugh of, of childhood that's echoing. And I think like all of those things kind of coexist over top um, this, you know, passionate, full-bodied gospel choir. Yeah. It's, um, it's such a like dangerous feeling and like explosive feeling performance and song um, live and also in the studio. But I, I just remember, and we haven't talked about this in a while, like Jared coming in to record and how crazy it felt for all of the performers that like mm -hmm. not only had they not performed like a concert or really like with other people, but it was like yeah. to do a song like this after like we had all kind of been locked inside not performing mm -hmm. or doing anything. Um, yeah, he really like, you know, killed it, but it was a tall order like for just not yeah. having performed in so long. Yeah, no, I mean, it, the fact that these performances on this album sound as great as they do is, re it, it's really amazing and just a testament to all these people because it's like everyone was, you know, out of practice right. for a very long time. I also like the laugh thing because it reminds me of like growing up and listening to cast recordings and being like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with how that person does that syllable. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's so funny and, <laughs> and just people picking up on the little moments. Yeah. And you know something that I really love about it at the end of the song is like it's so it's so dense. There's so much going on. There's like almost too much going on, but in in a way that I I really I, I really wanted to do because you know typically in certainly in musical theater um, and and really in you know like my live performances you try to for the sake of clarity to kind of boil things down mm -hmm. to their most necessary components because you know if you have too much going on it's hard to it's hard to hear the lyric it's hard to understand what's happening um, something that 
I love about recorded music is you don't need that clarity. You don't need to 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 uh, to have things totally make sense on the first listen. And in fact, like many albums that that I love are albums that reveal themselves over time because just the you know by nature of what it is, you're supposed to revisit things. And the hope is that you hear more and more things the deeper you get into something because the more you you start you know you you're familiar with this vocal line or this this melodic line or something that allows you it frees you up to hear this other thing that's been happening the whole time it's been right there but you just heard it and so there's lots of moments like that on this album where if it was on a stage if it was a a musical i would want to strip it back and you know and and simplify um, but for the album, you know, there's a lot of moments where it's like more and more and more and more and then let people like piece it together. Yeah. You know, it's like it's the only thing I've ever worked on where it's like there are moments where I intentionally, you know, we mixed it and added so it felt like people would listen to it and be like, what did they say? Like, what just happened? Like it's like that's like, yeah, you yeah. know, I want that. Um, and that's yeah, very much the case with with this. Very, the, very like use a wild party. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, dance. Yeah, yeah. Pile it on. Um, I do have to say, I have to pat myself on the back that I am, um, one of my favorite things in the song is the, um, at the end, or the almost end, he goes, um, uh, until uh, till the night when she comes home to me. Um, that's a reference to the tagline of the original movie, Halloween, uh, which was, the night that he came home. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, and so I, uh, I, I always, I, I've always been really happy. I'm really pleased with myself that I was referencing not just the movie but the tagline. As you were starting that campaign. explanation, I was like, why would that reference the last five years? Which is what that reference is for me. And now that we're done, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'll have to learn more about Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Haddonfield, <laughs> 15 years later. For Judith. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for listening or watching to my podcast. Uh, do me a favor and go to wherever you just listen to or watch this thing and subscribe or like or give us a great rating or review and then head to bpn.fm slash album to find out even more information about this podcast, more ways to watch, more ways to listen and check out my album, Album. Thanks so much for hanging out. Album Podcast is executive produced by Liz Armstrong, produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kim Garris, and the rest of the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Be sure to visit bpn.fm slash album for both audio and video versions of this podcast and to listen to album. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.